and welcome back to the final episode of Open Mind Self-Care Sessions with me, Frankie Bridge. Today's episode is around body image and I'm joined by psychotherapist and body image specialist, Holly Rubin. Hi, Holly. Hi, Frankie. Thank you so much for coming on today. I feel like I say this at the start of every episode, but it's such an important subject and I suppose that's the whole point of self-care sessions. How did you get into that particular area? So I studied psychology and I was always kind of the, always a bit of the resident therapist amongst friends and amongst, just, you know, people in school. But I studied it and then actually it became something that I was super interested in because I was very interested in fashion and I was interested in how people put themselves together and this almost this connection between how we put ourselves out there and who we are inside. And that connection for me, whilst it wasn't clear at the time, was always something that I was super interested in. Mm. Obviously, people have always suffered with body insecurities and body dysmorphia, I think, is is quite a big thing. Do you feel like that's got worse with things like social media I would definitely say so. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. The This has always been an issue. People have always been challenged by how they look. So, you know, what appearance really means for people. So I think that that's not new, but there's no question that that's been exacerbated by the rise of social media and by us spending so much time online and interacting with imagery right? We are just seeing so many images so often that it's not the same thing as it used to be with just flicking through a magazine, right? Now we are being literally, we're bombarded all the time. And so, of course, that puts appearances at the forefront of a lot of things now. So yes, uh, probably an older issue, but we're trying to manage it very differently now with the rise of social media. And how would you define the difference between someone who is just quite self-conscious about their body and body dysmorphia? Such a also really good point, because I think on some level, we are a supervisor of mine always says, you know, we're all eating disordered. Okay, we all have challenges around the way that we eat around food around our appearances. And it doesn't have to bring us into, you know, mental illness. We we live on a spectrum at the end of the day. And we can, you know, they're on one extreme of that spectrum is absolutely feeling great about how we look, no issues, not troubled by any external impact, which again is kind of unrealistic, right? And then at the other end, we're looking at mental illness and we're looking at eating disorders, we're looking at binge eating disorder, we're looking at the more psychiatrics spectrum. But in between is really where we all live. And we all have our own challenges around how we feel about how we look and how we present ourselves. I think it might be worthwhile just defining what body image means. So body image is defined as how we feel about how we look. It's not how we look. So Mm -hmm. the aspect of having feel in there is makes it subjective, right? Makes that change. We don't feel the same way about how we look all the time. We know that that's a very fluid thing, right? One day we might wake up and feel 
we looking amazing and that boosts our confidence. And then other days it just might be the absolute yeah, opposite. It's mad, isn't it? Isn't it? it? It really is. So I think the fact that we live in that in-between state is really an important thing to acknowledge and to normalize because it does change so often. And so as soon as we put in the word feeling and the fact that it's subjective and the fact that other people perceive us a certain way, that distinction is really important. How we see ourselves is very different than how other people see us. And that whole play on perception and projection and the fluidity of all of that makes it a very, very nuanced and complicated topic. I think you see that even with, you know, you could even figure that out with a room full of your friends. So how we speak to our friends, you know, I would say, oh, I would die for your legs or your hair or whatever, or you always look great. And they're standing there saying to us, oh, I hate my legs or I hate this. Mm -hmm. And, And I don't even, you know, you don't even see that when you look at another person nine times out of 10, yet you're constantly aware of how you think people perceive you Um, and it's just so mad that we do that to ourselves and even when you look back at old pictures I'm sure you've done it as well like you look back and I think oh I'd do anything to look like that now but yet when I remember how I felt at that point I hated how I looked and I felt so self-conscious so I just feel like you're never happy happy with it yeah it's so true I think Mm. those things are really, really good examples of um, situations that are concrete and that actually make us really pause and Mm. take a look at the fact and take stock in, okay, if I didn't like how I look then and I think about how I look now, how am I going to feel in 10 years from now, right? Can I actually take a minute and and say, I'm okay, you know, I look okay. I, I don't look like I used to look. I don't necessarily always feel the way I used to feel. But perhaps that there's like an acceptance around where we are because, and I know it's so much easier said than done, but because if we can shift that thinking into, I call it function over form, okay? If we can begin to look at our bodies for what they do, Okay, for what they accomplish for us every single day. And when we put our feet on the floor in the morning and, you know, when we get our kids ready for school and when we have to run for the bus and I don't know, bring them their lunch because they forgot it. If we didn't have that capacity to do that, then how much would we be missing out on? So, you know, if we can focus on what our bodies can do for us as opposed to how they look, that slight mental shift helps us accept where we are in the stage of, you know, how our bodies look. Well, that brings me quite nicely on to starting on the questions that followers have sent in. And one of them have said, I'm getting older. How do you deal with getting older and not feeling as pretty and dealing with the body changes? And I suppose as a part of that acceptance and knowing what your body can do, I suppose. Yeah. It is. And again, I feel like it's like I can almost anticipate the eye rolls, you know, of, oh, please give me a break. It's so easy to say, but it comes with a lot of work. I, I, you know, I don't want to just say, well, you just got to wake up in the morning and accept how you look because you've had three children and life is fantastic. That's not the reality all the time. The reality is, is that it's hard to come to a place where you feel good about how you look because our bodies 
do represent a lot. They're not just skin and bones. There's a lot of, of who we are and our identity and our soul is all is all a part of that. So how we project ourselves is really is really very important. And that comes with recognizing and time and acceptance of where we've gotten to, how we've lived our lives, the journey of it, not necessarily what we look like only. Mm. One that actually rang quite true for me is someone has said, how do you stay positive around young children when you, when you hate your body? Because I was quite shocked a couple of weeks ago when I can't remember what he was talking about. And my son said, oh, oh, do I look fat in this? And then my other son used the word skinny and he wasn't, he wasn't, I don't think he was saying it towards anyone, but I just thought, oh, I don't know how I feel about them using those terms. And I thought they've only picked that up from around me. And I thought I was very good at not saying those things in front of them. So what, what is a way to, you know, get around that, I suppose, if you're someone that's quite self-conscious? Yeah. And I think something that comes up a lot. And what I always say in these circumstances, again, is sometimes there's a knee jerk reaction that says, you're not fat or no, it's not right. We get in there on our kids reactions because they, they, it makes us feel a certain way. And I wonder if there isn't an opportunity to open that conversation up. So when you say, no, you're not fat, you shut it down. Mm. And when you say, what do you mean by fat? Explain to me what you mean by fat. Show me. Where is it? You know, so that you kind of give an opportunity to have a conversation and to understand what he's even thinking fat means. Because don't forget, it's going to mean something very different for him than it does for you. Mm. And are there words, other words that you you should use or, or do you feel like that's just not really something that should come up around children? I think what's important to perhaps not necessarily talk too much about or I, I hate I hate the word shielding or I hate the word hiding because in fact it that's never a healthy approach, right? So but what is important is that when we are feeling that way about ourselves, that it's it, it's important to acknowledge the feelings. It's important to realize that you're having them. And also, perhaps it's a better, uh, you can talk about that in a different way at a different time so that you can get those feelings out. You can talk with a friend, you can express yourself, and then you can come back and, you know, not berate yourself in front of them. Because don't forget, kids look up at you and all they see is the beauty of their mother. Okay. And beauty represents lots and lots of things, but it certainly doesn't represent how great you look in your skinny jeans. They don't care. <laughs> so when you berate yourselves, they learn and they model something right there, which is mommy, mommy's not happy about something or mommy's not happy with how she looks. And if, if that means that women aren't happy, but they look, or they can take this whole, you know, they can take it to a whole other extreme. So the more limited we can be when we're feeling not great about ourselves in front of them, the better. Since having a baby, my body has changed and I don't recognize myself anymore, both uh, post baby tummy. I think that has to be such a big one, hasn't it? Like after having children, I know for me, that's something that I find really difficult and it's not even weight a lot of the time it can be things like stretch marks and skin and things like that 
how do you get around that? Really, really good. And very important. I think when I first started talking about body image during pregnancy, it was really a concept that people didn't necessarily want to talk about because this idea of being pregnant was associated with blooming and everybody has a perfect little tummy and they look mm. fantastic and no one looks pregnant from behind. And that was, it was really the messaging was such that you're pregnant, but you don't want to look pregnant, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever nonsense that actually means. But so when I first started talking about this and I first began talking about body image during pregnancy and, and helping women accept that, that there will be negative feelings that go along with that. And that's because it's really difficult to watch your shape change, especially if you've been someone who's been quite, who monitored you know, their weight and their size, that when it changes at the pace that it does, even though we know it's, we're growing a baby and these are mm -hmm. all positive things, it still doesn't mean that it's not difficult to accept the changes. Yeah. Cause there's no um, control, is there? I think that's definitely what I found hard is I had always controlled my food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I became pregnant, it was that loss of control that I found really hard. And I could, I could appreciate that it was amazing but it was still quite scary. And I think we almost feel like in society that you're not allowed to feel that because you're growing a baby, so you should just be happy. Exactly. And I think that has quite a lot to do with it. It has so much to do with it because what it makes us feel is wrong for mm. having the feelings that actually this isn't all, all great. It's, it's great, but it's also hard. And it's also mm. difficult. And there are times that I'm not liking how this shape is, is turning out to be, or I didn't, re I don't recognize myself. And a big piece of, of that body change, Frankie, is around identity. So it's around who am I with this belly and with these stretch marks and with this new shape? I don't know myself. I don't recognize myself. And I think that's a big, that's where part of this like thing gets very nuanced is that who who am I now? So bigger questions than just, I don't like what I look like, but I don't know that I'm necessarily loving who I'm becoming. And that's a really scary one. Yeah. Cause I think after I often say like, once you've had a baby, you feel like everyone always uses, Oh, I feel like my old self again. And I always say to my friends, I'm like, you need to stop trying to be your old self because you're not that person anymore. Even mentally, you know, you've got a whole nother human to think about and I think we have been made to think that we have to look and feel like our old self and I think that just makes it all so much harder I mean I can say it to a friend but I can't tell myself that you know but it's it's it does make it really difficult I think it makes your our jobs even harder it really does because because there's pressure right so like you feel pressure you feel pressure to look a certain way and then get back to looking a certain way. And there's also this thinking that if I look that way, I'm going to be that old self. And as you're saying, you're not, right? You have a whole new person that you now have to accommodate for. And you have a whole new role and a whole new persona that you've got to be as mom. And you don't know how to do that, especially with your first, right? You don't know how to do that yet. So society tells us that we have to be a certain way and we have to look a certain way, especially as a mom. But um, we don't know what that looks like yet. So you said that you would tell a friend that, but you wouldn't tell yourself that. But that's yeah. my message too. You got to be your own <laughs> best friend in this. You have to be, you know, you got to be 
you got to be positive for you got to root for you because I think I still had that thing of like I remember when I went on my first holiday and being in a bikini and I never had that when I was younger I never had beach body ready or whatever it is that people say you know that was just never a thing and then I remember going on holiday and saying to a friend like I love my kids but when I'm not with my kids I don't want to look like I've got kids and it's like that's just so so messed up but so many people feel that way it's just yeah. Yeah, they do. And and again, how can how can we blame them when the messaging is you got to look a certain way even after you've had a baby? Like this you got to, you know, spring back right away, put those same jeans on and almost have this life that uh that was who you were prior. And that's that's not fair to do that to new mothers because there's already so much pressure. But the physical piece is a real one, for sure. Someone said, how should you respond to people when they comment on your weight, whether it's positive or a negative comment? I mean, I, I kind of like to divert them. I kind of like to give people a, a tool to say, yeah, and I've done so, you know, and I've, I ran a couple of miles this week and I, you know, read a book and I tried a new recipe out for my little ones that they really like. Like I try to get around that so that that doesn't become the focus because what does it say to you when someone comments on your weight it shows you that that weight is so significant right that it's almost the most important thing that somebody sees when they see you and i again it's confusing because they're more than likely only doing that to be complimentary right or to make conversation because those are things that we have learned people want to talk about and people do talk about a lot. So if that can become less of a topic of conversation and we can expand a little bit more to talk about different things, I think that takes, again, the pressure off the weight and our appearance. Yeah, that's such a good point. I've never thought of it like that because I think people do just say, you know, not to go back to being pregnant, but when you're pregnant, it normally is the first thing people yep. comment on, like, oh, your your bump's massive, or oh, your bump's so tiny, or you look great, or... And I, and I found when I wasn't eating well when I wasn't pregnant, before I got pregnant, um, the skinnier I got, if the more people that said to me, God, you look so, you look so slim, or you look too slim, that would only spur me on because I was like, oh, people are noticing. It's motivation. Yeah, it was motivation rather than, oh, yeah, maybe I've taken it too far. So yeah. I think sometimes you think you're giving people a compliment, but you never really know what, how that person's feeling and how they're going to react to that. That's really, really important. No, you don't. You never know what's going on for somebody else and you never know whether that comment that you think, you know, is a really positive thing might land really differently in somebody else if they if you don't know what their past is or what their mm. experience is. So sometimes better to kind of, yeah, open it, open the conversation up. Mm. Someone has sent in a message saying, I'm worried that my partner doesn't find me sexy anymore and will leave me for someone slimmer. How can I feel sexy again? Do you find that that's quite an important question that a lot of women and men, I'm sure, come in and talk to you about is feeling sexy and feeling desired by their partners? 
Yes. And it's, uh, it's really good that that's still a question, right? Because it means that they still want that. They still want to have that piece of who they are and they want that, that to continue in the relationship that they're in. And in fact, there's a, there's a piece of fear that it won't, right? So how do you maintain, again, back to your identity, how do you maintain that that sexy piece of you because no, maybe it's not the same as it was when you were in your twenties or, you know, those early years before you were married and had kids, but it still absolutely is an important part of who you are as a person and, and what you do with that, how you bring that to the relationship. And that's, that's actually on also on, on you, not necessarily on how somebody else fancies you because being attractive to someone again isn't just about how we look it's about how we feel right it's about our confidence levels it's about how we kind of begin to let go of the self-consciousness of our bodies if they're not perfect and all of that so if you begin to feel that way personally that will project you will project that outwardly and then somebody will be able to pick up that energy so hopefully Mm -hmm. that will continue and and that's let's not let's be honest and say, again, that takes work, right? It takes work in a marriage. It takes work in a relationship. And especially throwing kids on top of that, you, you're tired at the end of the day. Both women and men <laughs> are tired, especially, you know, we're still in this pandemic place and we're still have, you know, having had to d- deal with an entire year of being home. Uh, you know, sexy wasn't necessarily the at the top of the list for everybody. No. <laughs> yeah I think that's um and I think often you think you're not sexy still but they still think you are like I've had that so many times with my husband where I felt really rubbish or like when I was pregnant I would think oh he's not going to want to go anywhere near me or whatever and I think a, a lot of the time they just don't see it the same way we do you could turn around to whoever this person is that sent in the question and say I just feel like you don't find me sexy anymore and maybe that will open a conversation and they might just say, you're crazy. I still want to fancy you so much. Or, well, actually, things haven't been great between us and yada, yada, yada. You know, mm-hmm. it might be so much more than that, mightn't it? Absolutely. And and isn't it so much, again, like even as you're explaining that, it just makes me think it's so much more about what's going on for the people than it is about their bodies, right? It's Body, not yeah. about that. It's that maybe where the woman is coming from, being afraid that because their body has changed, that their partners don't fancy them anymore, don't find them attractive, when really that has not even crossed, you know, that hasn't even crossed their partner's mind. So imagine if they don't have that conversation. Each person stays in their own world and they miss so many opportunities to come together where they could be having such a, you know, such a much nicer time and they could, yeah. and they could be building their, their relationship. Um, someone said here that they struggle with summertime clothing and how to deal with that. And I suppose that comes down to, again, that whole beach body ready thing that we've kind of become accustomed to. And I, I'm the same. I don't enjoy summer clothes as much. I don't like my knees, so I don't want to get my knees out. And, you know, it's like a balancing act, isn't it? How would you say to get around that, I suppose? 
Well, I'm with you on the not loving summer clothes. I never did. I'm, I come from I come from Canada. I come from Montreal. I love big, huge, cozy cashmere jumpers, and I like to stay all wrapped layers up and, and layers and cozy. And <laughs> I, I, me too. I just I don't like it. And the season's always so short, and I always kind of feel like it's ne- we're never sure what's going to be. So I'm with you on that. It makes me think of this idea of being on the beach and. I wonder if, again, they can be thinking about what you do on a beach, you know, or can you go and can you go and jump into the sea and can you play with your kids on the beach and can you engage in some activities so that the, so you can kind of get out of your head and away from the negative thinking and the spiraling around what might keep you away from the beach or what might keep you out of the sea and sort of try to help yourself do some of those activities so that you're not obsessing too much about what you look like. Mm. I read such a good quote the other day. I'm not going to get it now, but it was this idea that, you know, in your forties, you think of things one way and then in your fifties and your sixties, and it was discussing the progression of how self-centered we really are when we're younger. And then as we get older, we realize no one's really looking at us. No one cares about us. They're more self-interested. They care about themselves, right? So it was like a really interesting thing to think about because it kind of gives you an opportunity to relax and to say, no one's really looking at me. And I know I'm looking at other people, but they're probably looking at me and admiring who I am too. So we're back to that comparison trap, right? Where we're so much more worried about ourselves based on other people around us. But if we can kind of delete that piece and not not look at other people around us and notice our own selves and engaging in fun activities, then we take that pressure off ourselves too. It, but it's it's a habit. You got to learn, you know, you have to be super disciplined around saying, uh, I'm doing it again. Do I really want to go there? Do I really need to do that? Or can I just kind of stop myself from making too many of those comparisons because how do comparisons feel at the end of the day when you make them yeah rubbish yeah <laughs> they do they make us feel worse I've kind of put a few into into one because someone has said I think I'm fat when I'm told I'm not and someone's asked about stretch marks and cellulite and 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 someone said that they can't look in the mirror anymore and I I just wondered at what point do you realize that you have body dysmorphia? How, how, do you, how do you know? How do you figure that out? Because if you look at yourself and you think you look a certain way, how are you supposed to know that that's an issue? Yeah. And again, it's, it's very true and it's important to bring up because, again, where do we fit? Where do we lie on that spectrum? You know, are we just having a kind of not a great day or are we in a funk and I'm waking up feeling this way pretty regularly, or, you know, is this something that happens only around my period or, you know, are there reasons to explain it? And if there are, okay. And if there aren't, and if it just starts to become a repetitive pattern where we're spending more time thinking about thinking negatively about our bodies and about what we look like and this distorted view of ourselves, then it's time to get some professional help. Then it's time to say, I'm, you know, this is happening too often. It's taking too much of my day up 
And I really want some of my life back at the end of the time, at the end of the day. There's a, a great expression that I used to use a lot more, actually, which is how much time did we waste on skinny? You know, how much brain power, how much energy did we expend on skinny thinking, skinny, being skinny, getting skinny for the beach and all of this stuff that if we took some of that energy and we began to cut off some of those thoughts, be really disciplined in the same way that we can be really disciplined about losing that weight, right? For a certain reason or a certain wedding or whatever it was, if we can take some of that discipline and, and start to say, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that to myself because it's, I am harming myself when I do that. I'm not being a friend to myself when I'm berating myself for what I look like. Then hopefully, fingers crossed, we, we can begin to shift that. But too much time thinking about those things, it's worthwhile just having conversation with someone professional where you can just, you can, you can bounce some of those ideas off and you can get some help. And it's, um, it's really useful to have some tools to be able to be disciplined with yourself if you can. Hmm. Yeah. Cause I suppose what's the point in looking a certain way or looking how you think you should look or want to look if you're not feeling okay enough to go out and, go see your friends or go to the beach or wear summer clothes, It then there's no point to it all, is there? You're not living your life. No. And and that's where the sadness comes in, right? Like if we're, if we're holding back, I mean, there's all kinds of reach, research that, that has come out on, I did a little bit of work with uh, the Dove Self-Esteem, you know, their whole project, which is amazing. It's been on for 20 years plus. But this idea of, holding, you know, that girls hold themselves back, women are holding themselves back from going to a job interview, raising a hand in school, the Girl Scouts did a piece on this too, that there's two, our bodies have gotten in the way, or our perceptions of our bodies have gotten in the way of taking part in life. And we don't want that for our next generation. We don't want that for, for girls and for boys also to perceive girls like they do they aren't in the game, right? We want to mm. see both boys and girls enjoying life and enjoying their careers and making choices that they feel are open to them. So uh, at the end of the day, how do we sort of make this less important? How do we, how do we de-emphasize? I, I also want to add there, because I don't want to come off or come across as you know, giving the impression that appearance doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't. It does. I was in in the fashion industry. I love the creativity of clothes and putting things together. And I really enjoy that. And that was a really big, huge piece of my identity and myself. So I never want to de-emphasize the fact that, you know, appearance matters because it does. And when we put ourselves together and when we take the time and we show ourselves care and we pay attention to ourselves, that's an act of self-care, isn't it? So I don't want to say that doesn't matter. I want to open things up and say it's not the only thing that matters, but it, it, it connects to how we feel about ourselves internally as well as externally. That's such a good point. So I always ask everyone at the end what their top three tips would be that you would leave to the listeners. It's a hard one. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't prepare for this. Um, (laughs) Top three tips. I would say 
I would say, again, appreciate your body for what it can do and not just what it looks like. Both of those things matter equally. I would say recognize when you're not feeling great and if you go straight away to I feel fat or, you know, I I hate how I look in this, that maybe there's more to it. Don't sort of stop right there. Be curious with yourself and ask yourself, dig a little deeper, uh, something else going on that I'm attacking myself for physically. And and remember, this is about having fun life. We got one shot at this and let's try together to feel good about how we look both inside and out and in whatever way that means to you. You know, if that's a relationship, if that's you know, giving somebody a call or connecting with someone and think about the things that make you feel good and do more of that. Okay. And then finally, where should the listeners go if they want to find out more or to seek any further help on the subject? Lots of places to go. Um, Beat is a great charity to go to. If you want personal uh, one-on-one therapy or group therapy, you can check out my website and really at the end of the day, follow people. I'm sure many, many listeners are on Instagram. Follow people that make you feel good and that are doing really important work, just like you're doing, Frankie. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much, Holly. Um, It's such a good point just to try and think of other things and to think of our body in different ways and I suppose you know a lot of fitness people say that as well like don't do it for you know just on how your body's gonna look yeah Yeah. do it because it makes you feel good and it's good for your brain and good for you know your physical health so I think there is yeah we do put less emphasis on what our bodies do and how we use them like when you've just had a baby you your body has just grown and pushed out or been taken out of your body yeah crazy you know crazy it's done that incredible. all on its own yeah yes um and yes. I, I think we forget these things so thank you we do <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this final episode of open mind self-care sessions i've absolutely loved every single episode I feel like I started every episode with this is such an important subject because for me I carefully chose each subject to what I felt was important to me and to you guys listening they were subjects I really wanted to cover so I just want to say thank you to all our experts and a massive thank you to every single one of you that got involved and sent in questions across the whole series I genuinely hope that you felt like they helped you I feel like I have taken so much away from each each episode so if you do feel like you've been affected by anything in this episode and would like to find out any more information regarding mental health then please head over to mind.org.uk and i'll be back very soon for another series but for the time being make sure to check out the other episodes available and subscribe to the podcast and follow me on socials so you're up to date and don't miss out on series five look after yourself guys and i'll see you all soon bye